The legends are true. But overwhelming power! The sauce of destiny. Yes! The most legendary sauce has arrived as McDonald's transforms into the anime world of Wickdonald's. The greatest flavors unite in all new savory chili McDonald's sauce to make your 10-piece Nuggets, fries, and Sprite ultra-powerful. Unlock manga comics with every meal and sit down for a new anime short every week only at Wickdonald's. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba, go! And participate in McDonald's for a limited time while supplies last. Yes, sir. Welcome back to another episode of the Trap. Don't even do it, Dakota. Trap or Die podcast. I'm your host, Molly Mo. AJ's checking in. I have the worst time. Somebody's supposed to be at my, supposed to be at my house um, to drop something off, and I got to keep the dog upstairs with me. And uh, she stopped by as soon as the show started. Anyway, AJ's in here. Let me go ahead and give it give it to my uh, my my co-host AJ. Man, how you feeling today, big dog? Uh, today's been one of those days, but at the end of the day, just gotta keep moving on. But uh, yeah, man, just uh, oh, you got some drama in your life, brother. Uh, not drama, just more so, you know, kind of like everybody, everybody relies on you. So, you know, that's just the responsibility of <laughs> of being one of those individuals, I guess, that is dependable. <laughs> that, that makes that makes a ton of sense, bro. Um, Dre is just checking in now. Uh, Dre had him had himself quite an episode uh, last last week. I don't, I don't think we ever been in a situation situation where Dre was on uh and literally I don't like you you didn't even have a chance to say anything. Like it was it was it was that it was that type of day. Um uh, did you yeah, get your over. situation? I was like no, did you get your situation fixed, bro? We good. I got that shit fixed yesterday. I was dealing with that, but like that day of the podcast, bro. I was trying to work that day. My computer kept shutting off. I was like, man, I'm done. <laughs> I said, hey, y'all was lit anyway. It was all good, man. Luckily, so, hey, you bro. know, I ain't messed nothing up, but it was it was frustrating, bro. <laughs> no, nah, I was I felt that because I was like, I know we I know we mainly like the our employment, like we working from home. So I was like, I know you going through it even during the daytime, bro. You can't get nothing going. That was a it was a nightmare. <laughs> well, man, um, we have a team in the Washington Commanders who have not been fully eliminated from the playoffs yet, right? And I shouldn't even say it like that. They they are still in the playoff race. Let's go ahead and invert that. Like let's let's go neutral here. They are still mathematically in the playoff race. Um, and uh this week was interesting. And, and, and before I even get to the Giants, um and matter of fact, maybe I even leave with with Dre because he had missed some time. Yes, since he wasn't on the show on Tuesday, 
uh, I want to make sure that you even get your thoughts off with how the week has been in terms of you processing uh, Seattle's game and your mindset going into the New York game, especially given that you know uh, you weren't around for for the Tuesday discussion. Um, what do you what are you thinking about the mob? How um, you can take it wherever you want to go about about this uh, team as they get ready for the Giants. I mean, I'm, I still feel the same way I felt after the Seahawks game in the sense that I am in draft mode. However, um, now I'm to the point where certain players well, I want to look at, and I do want to see these guys look good throughout the season. Sam Howell, of course, being one of those guys, the quarterback position. I mean, as much as I love the quarterbacks in this draft, I mean, it just makes life much easier on, on you if Sam Howell is the guy because you you don't have to allocate resources there. You can actually put guys around him. I mean, he's, you know, I know a lot of people are convinced he's that guy right now, and that's fine. I mean, I'm still not quite there, but we're definitely having a discussion. I'm intrigued, and I definitely want to see him, you know, keep on doing what he's doing, just grasp that because I would love to go into next season not really worried about the quarterback or stressing the quarterback position. I'm definitely going to be looking at guys like Emmanuel Forbes throughout the season, see his progression. Uh, it was so unfortunate to see him get that bogus ejection on Sunday because, I mean, I thought he played well the week before. I mean, he did play. He played a hell of a game the week before. And I wanted to see him kind of, you know, follow up and, you know, put together a couple of strong performances. So he's a guy I'll be watching going forward. They'll beat the Giants. I mean, I know we're going to talk about that in, in this show this week. They'll beat them. So, I'll, you know, while I'm probably going to be more so looking for draft uh, position, I'm not worried about that this week because I don't think there's a chance to hell the Giants beat us. So, I mean, I'll, I'll go into this game kind of excited to see some guys, see if they can go, put a strong performance together. But overall, man, I'm, at, I'm in the evaluation mode right now with the guys, um, the team, so to speak, the whole playoff jump. I know this is Ron Rivera's, like, this is his heaven, <laughs> you know, just being in the hunt. Like, Ron just wants to be in the hunt. I don't think we have any potential outside of just being in the hunt or actually making any noise in the playoffs. So that doesn't really excite me right now. I mean, I know it's still, you know, a thing. It's a possibility. But I'm just not excited because it's Ron Rivera leading the charge, and I just don't feel like this the ceiling is very high with this team. I just feel like you're capped off with Ron Rivera. Um. Yeah, I think that's that's the hard uh or not even I shouldn't say hard. That's probably like a, a situation where you look at oh lord, I didn't even realize this was the tweet I was looking at. Um so I'm I'm looking at I'm gonna get back to my point, but I'm looking at uh this tweet that I saw a couple days ago. It was in my bookmarks, but uh pro football focus has uh Cameron Cheeseman. This is from Jay Cohen. Um has Cameron Cheeseman ranked as the lowest ranked special teams player in the entire NFL? Um, wow, I didn't even realize that. Um, okay, Bruh, but speaking of, I want to say something about that real quick. If Cameron Cheeseman wasn't drafted, he would have been cut. This is Ron and them had their chance to cut him. Remember when they brought all those guys in? That was just to say, hey, you know, we hear you all. You know, I think I said that then as well. I think that was just the whole moment of we hear you all, but we're not doing anything to fix this. But if he was anybody else, that guy's gone. But because they drafted him, which you should never do, you should never draft a lone snapper. Now that puts you in a position to have to play with this guy, even though he's the lowest rated special teams play in the league. And we see it on a daily basis with the botch snaps, the low snaps on field goals, everything. I mean, that's that's another Ron disaster. <laughs> yeah, I'm 
I'm, I'm over here. I'm so confused because I mean, not like confused from that standpoint. It's like, even if, because my thing is what I like, even if pro football focus wasn't the end all be all, which it isn't, right? But even if it, even if it, or excuse me, even if it was, I would say, I think it's probably the thing I'm thinking. If you got a person that's dead last on a on a ranking list like this, bruh, there you can find somebody in free agency that can be somewhat consistent. Like you don't have to be the best person, the strongest, or whatever you need to snap the ball to, to the placeholder. I don't know, bruh, but like dead last is something where I think about it, and we look at all of the the high snaps, low snaps, and consistent. Like they're not even always high. Like they're always like in, somewhere in between, and um, you know. One of the things to think about is um the Seattle game where uh I I I do think uh um the kicker slide I think he missed the field goal off of a it was a bot snap right like it was too high or too low or something like that I don't remember but I know Tress saved one of them like Tress actually saved one of the bad snaps that could have been even worse but I think okay. you might be right because I I was watching I, on my phone so I didn't see a lot of it yeah I I think yeah. I think. I think that was the reason why Sly had missed the first kick. So in theory, just like if things played out the way they did, you're talking about Washington going into that final Seahawk drive with with the lead as opposed to uh, a tie ball game. So, um, yeah, I mean that's that's interesting. But yeah, let me close out of that. Um, you mentioned, I guess where where I was going to get back to. It's crazy if I can remember this. Um, you had you had mentioned just. Uh, it's 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 not much to look forward to within uh Ron because he's capped off and I think we know that uh but but I also think um with the way the enemy talked this week and even Sam Howe talked this week uh you know I'm excited to see what this offense can do for this team um I I, I know where I stand with Sam in terms of like I'm willing and 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 have the patience to see more, and I think that's what uh, is a factor into my excitement for the, the rest of this the last seven games. Because you're going up against the Seattle, I'm excuse me, I'm sorry, San Francisco team. Uh, we know their defense is top notch. Uh, same thing with uh, the Dallas Cowboys, uh, and then you also have a team in in the Miami Dolphins where their defense isn't that great, but they have uh, an elite cornerback. They have a solid pass rusher up front, and then they have a really good defensive coordinator in Vic Fangio, right? So, like, in in, in from the, in, I mean, their interior defensive line is pretty good too. So that's going to be a challenge for the offense as well. And, and to that point, like thinking about these matchups coming up, the win loss part is something where I'm starting to be like, I'm starting to dis- disassociate. Well, I kind of, I kind of have been. Uh, for me personally, like, it's not about wins and losses. Um, this year is always about figuring out who Sam was um, and who the enemy was. And, and, and that's kind of where I, I like, yeah, Ron is, Ron is definitely capped off, but I don't know how far these guys can take it um, in terms of uh, the enemy and, and Sam. And one of the things that really encouraged me that it like, it was a click um, based on how Eric the enemy and his pressure was able to articulate it. Um, He's noticing that people in the locker room, on the offensive side, he, he made clear, like, he don't know what the hell everybody else is doing. But on the offensive side, um, they're actually in the locker room discussing adjustments, discussing X's, X's and O's, discussing 
what they want to do or what they need in, in certain situations out of their teammates that's starting on that's on the field in, in, in certain in certain moments. And I'm not sitting here saying that that is like a, a revelation in the sense of like, I mean, I'm, you can imagine certain teams do it. But I think the the idea in the 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 spotlight that the enemy wanted to share to the public was that that is a, a winning mindset. It's about how am I going to win this football game? And it's not about just casual conversation in the locker room. If you think about it, bro, like think about um now my memory. I don't know if you all know this. I know AJ said he didn't really listen to many podcasts um out there. Um, but I think it was a a, a JP Finley, J, JP Finley, um, like he will have conversations on his podcast uh, where he's casually talking about what's going on in the locker room. Right. Think about Montez and Chase and they're just talking shit in the locker room. Um, it's it's never an observation from anybody that's in the locker room in terms of reporters mentioning like those type of things like that, that the enemy talked about. Like the enemy's talking about X's and O's. But these guys are joking around and they're just talking shit in the locker room, having fun. I'm not saying you can't do that, but I'm saying the observations from the media has never been about what the enemy shared. And, and that's where I'm like, I'm thinking um, that's really encouraging. And, and I want to know if what he's saying translates over the next seven games, because if if they do translate, we're seeing some significant growth from the offensive side of the football where we haven't seen something like this since since uh the Kirk days, bro, it's as simple as that. Uh, I don't know. Well, I, no, I thought AJ was about to go, yeah, I don't know but no, um, yeah, I mean that's the thing. So I mean now, you know, the last couple of games we've seen the quick game thing, which you know Sam's getting the ball out faster, you know, and it's working for him. Now you want to see, you know, with Eric B and me in the game plan, if teams start to try to you know, find a way to take that away. How do they adjust to that? Can Sam, you know, beat that? Can Sam be good outside of that? I think that's one of the most intriguing things to watch going forward, especially with Eric Bieniemy, because obviously he still has a lot to prove, you know, but he's been looking good these past couple of weeks. I mean, there were a lot of question marks about Eric Bieniemy the first few games of the season. Now we're kind of seeing, you know, the offense getting in a groove. I mean, the big thing is you still go back to the Philadelphia games, you know, both of those games, the offense, you know, really, those are probably the best two games the offenses, the offenses play all year, you know, and then obviously you go against Seattle. You said the, the two Philadelphia games, right? Yeah, yeah the two Philadelphia that. games. Yes, I think those were the two best offensive performances of the year. But we were kind of looking at those as isolated, like maybe they just have Philadelphia's number. Maybe they just match up well with Philadelphia. But then you see it, they go out against the Patriots. They go out and look good against the Patriots. They go out and look good against the Seahawks on the road. So now you're like, okay, they're starting to get in the groove now. But again, you mentioned we got San Francisco coming up. We have Dallas twice coming up. So you got those games, the Miami Dolphins, even though, like you said, the Dolphins game, uh, game that, well, the defense isn't the same as their offense, but their offense puts you in a position as your offense and they're getting in a shootout in a sense. Yeah. So you wonder, yeah. can your offense kind of stay on par with them? So these are the things that we're going to be watching for over the next couple of weeks. I mean, at least the things that's going to be intriguing me. Again, the wins, losses right now aren't really my particular focus. I'm looking at seeing how Eric Bieniemy is progressing against these teams. I'm looking to see how Sam is progressing against these teams. Now, I think Eric's future here is more in flux than Sam's future here because I think if Sam keeps on putting on the performances he's putting on, Regardless of what GM you have coming, I think they're going to look at him and say, hey, this guy's on a cheap rookie deal. You know, he he can do it. He can play. He has arm talent. We can roll with this guy. But Eric Bieniemy, on the other hand, 
you kind of don't know where he stands going into next yeah. year. You you don't you don't know if new management wants to bring him on because obviously if you get a new GM, he's going to hire his coach. I mean, Eric Bieniemy obviously could be in that conversation. I mean, he should probably at the least get an interview, you know, but that doesn't mean he's going to get the job. Now, if they go out and they hire another guy, someone that they like, there's no guarantee that they're going to bring Eric Bieniemy back as an OC. So again, Eric Bieniemy has a lot more to prove at this point than Sam. I think if you ask me this question at the beginning of the season, both of them probably had the same amount. But Sam is kind of putting himself in that box where you you can you can roll with him regardless of who you bring in next year. Now it's Eric that has a lot more to prove. So you want to see how this offense looks over these next couple of weeks and Eric running it. Yeah, man. Um, like one of the things that notice that that I was noticing. And it's crazy because I should have I should have read the article when I had a chance. I tried to pull it up for a quick second. Um, but where is the um Ben Standick had a tweet uh linked to his article from the athletic. Uh pre-draft evaluators slept on Brian Robinson, quote unquote, slept on Brian Robinson's pass catching chops. Um he noticed, meaning Brian Robinson now the commander is running back is blasting those takes while forming a strategic nightmare for defenses with Antonio Gibson. Uh, quote unquote from I think Brian Robinson. They'll never know our next move. Um, let me bring AJ back in right quick. Um, okay, boom, there we go. Uh, so my thing with to, to add on to the conversation, and even with Brian Robinson, while I bring that up, um, it's like you kind of notice like an evolution of an offense, right? Like, think about the game against Seattle. I don't know how much I talked about the defense from a secondary standpoint. Oh, because I, I, when I was on on Tuesday, I only watched the first quarter. Um, oh, no, that was first quarter of defense. Uh, but yeah, like this, this, this offense in terms of the Commanders, like there was a time where the Seattle, like the Seattle defense is fast, right? They they fly they fly across the fly across the field. Um, they're disciplined and, and they communicate really well. Uh. And Washington met its challenge in terms from a secondary standpoint, right? Um, a lot of the plays that they made downfield had a lot to do with after a play broke down um, slash scramble drill, right? Uh, but throughout the course of the game, the the most effective weapons in that game was the running backs. And the way the enemy utilized them, uh, especially when those moments where you see the man coverage um, opportunities, um that's how Antonio Gibson won on his touchdown I mean then you're talking about Brian Robinson late in the game where he's running a, a Texas route right like that Texas route that Brian Robinson ran at the end that got him like 16 yards on I forgot the name of the middle uh the linebacker it wasn't Wagner um but that route was the first time he ran that all season but like his footwork was was good the way he set the defender up to, to beat the inside leverage was really good right and and it's a it's a dynamic, not to say that he's like some excellent route runner, but what it does and 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 what it shows from the enemy side is that he's starting to trust his running backs in terms of how they how he can use either one of them in different type of situations downfield and not just in the flats, right? Um, and then you're talking about Brian Robinson, who is showing his coach, if if you doubt it's up for me, I'm gonna come through. And and I think that's like an evolution of the enemy's offense in terms of how you can use uh, other players and how you can grow in terms of your matchups and, and in terms of how you can, how you can win on a certain day. And, and nobody from the receiver side, I, I saw somebody who was at PC mentioned uh, he wanted to see Jahan Dawson work out of his sophomore slump. 
And I know that probably stems from the fact that he had zero catches on the day. Um, again, it goes back to opportunities because when you look at the offense in that day, uh, he had two targets. It wasn't the best targets, right? But it's also a situation where, again, he's he's having moments of getting open, but he's not getting the ball. And that's not a criticism. It's just the, the facts. Like, you only see but so much. And, and the receivers in all, Terry only had, like, one, two really good targets, and both of those came in the fourth quarter. Um, but to that point, and, and I'll close out because I know A.J., uh, hasn't hasn't been able to say anything uh yet like that's kind of where uh this offense is 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 growing in this way to to utilize certain players especially when you're top three curtis samuel jahan and even logan to an extent even though he did all right uh, on saturday on sunday um they aren't necessarily working for you on that given day yeah i mean i think uh I think that's why I also mentioned that this offense is further ahead than this defense, you know, even, you know, before I, I ended up losing connection or whatever, you were touching on, you know, Eric enemy speaking on how like his side of the ball is having these conversations within the locker room and, and not just, uh, you know, it being primarily focused on just having fun or, or, or joking around with one another they're talking about the X's and O's within the locker room. Um, I think also with the offense, it's not predicated on force feeding guys the ball. Uh, that's just how it is. If you look at Kansas City, they don't necessarily force feed the ball to anyone in particular. Um, now they might have had to do that with Travis Kelsey because of the lack of explosion that they're getting from the wide receiver group that they have overall. But even with, with the quarterback and what you want to see him improve on, a lot of those targets that guys are getting or, or uh, the balls being spread around is is because they're literally giving him the look within within the play call. So he's kind of going to the first read. Like, that's just where it's going. Unless it breaks down and then he keeps his head upfield like he did against Seattle where B-Rob could get those opportunities to, to make those catches and have a receiving touchdown and have his greatest his greatest day as a running back, but in the receiving game, you know, that's just what the offense calls for. You're going to have some games where Jahan's not going to have any targets or any catches. Some games Terry not going to have that, whatever. But that really boils down to the development of Sam Howell and what they can put on his, his plate within those game plans. As we've seen, Seattle in particular, their early approach was to be aggressive, was to get up on those wide receivers. So no matter if you want to force feed or or whatever the case is with a Jahan, you can't necessarily say he's having a sophomore, sophomore slump. I think you just got to get a better understanding of the offense. But also there's a defense on the other side of the ball that is trying to stop these guys. And they got talent. They got talent, too. When you got six, four wide receivers that can move just like a, a five eleven cornerback with speed, it's kind of hard for a guy like Jahan Dawson to get off that that bump and run. <laughs> it's kind of hard for Terry to get the early groove of how to go against this guy, what to give them on the release. You know, like it. That's just what it is. Like Seattle had a very aggressive defensive approach, and they want to get their hands upon you, and. Unfortunately, I, I will say Washington doesn't necessarily have like a physical wide receiver. They don't have a 6'4 guy that can big body <laughs> any cornerback out there. They got to kind of use finesse in order to, to win those type of matchups. But 
I mean, my overall thing with Eric Bieniemy and the offenses is way further ahead than the defense. Uh, if only they match the same type of intensity or development, awareness, adjustment, and approach to the game, maybe you wouldn't have a bottom-ranked defense uh, that could could complement what the offense is doing. Like the offense ain't they ain't looking like the St. Louis Rams or anything, but to be ranked 26 last year in certain categories and to be ranked in the top 15, that's a major improvement. And let me just add to that too, AJ, that the offense still got a ways to go too. I mean, it, it, the fourth quarter was good. I mean, Sam and, and the offense yeah. had a good fourth quarter, but there was a low where they just had a bunch of three and outs and they were getting off the field pretty early and they're not scoring. Yeah. And and this is kind of the thing you're watching over the past couple of weeks. Like while Sam and the numbers are looking good and Sam is showing the flashes you want to see, we still got to see more out of this office because at the end of the day, they're still not putting up enough points. You know, I mean, if they want to start to go out there and win games, I mean, granted, again, the defense, I'm with you on this, AJ. The offense is ahead of the defense. But in order for this offense to really take this next level, they're going to have to start eliminating some of those early drives where they're out, the quick outs, the three and outs. They're going to have to start to sustain drives throughout the game. I mean, I love that Sam can do what he does in the fourth quarter, but now they're going to have to find a way to fight through those the sluggish second and third quarters that they have, you know, where they can't put up points and then they're either fighting back in the fourth quarter or they're trying to make some kind of miraculous win, you know. So that's one of the things, you know, well, at least the next step you want to see in this offense. They, you want to see them kind of grab a game by the storm, you know, in a sense and maybe the defense isn't as much of a factor in this game and I, I hate to say that because the defense shouldn't even be where it's at right now I mean we expected this defense to be probably top five top ten that's what we were talking about before the season but now we're just like oh may, now we have to score more points just to you know kind of eliminate the issues we're seeing with the defense but yeah we want to see that's the next step with the offense and AJ I wanted to ask you this are you a Brian Robinson fan now <laughs> You've been balling, man. Give him, come on, AJ. You gotta get that man his props, I'm man. You've been balling, man. I feel like <laughs> I feel like for the doubters of him coming out, like that's the thing sometimes with guys going from college football to professional ranks, they automatically said that he can't catch the ball, but that's not what you know Alabama asked him to do. Exactly. So if you're not really get, getting the uh, opportunity to do those things in college, you know, you can't just say that that person can't catch the ball. Now, is he a route runner on the next level? No, but he took advantage of the opportunity of the passes that he got. I mean, nobody nobody wants to tackle a running back of his size and still has speed, maybe not like 4-3 speed, but no one wants to tackle a a 6'2", 6'3", 225, 230-pound running back coming downhill <laughs> when they got a full tank of steam, like, it, it, it's different. So I'm I'm happy for the, the plays that he made. Uh, but if we talking about overall as a running back, nah, man, I'm, I'm not, I'm not seeing, I'm not seeing that out of him. But, well, you know, I, I guess I was, what's surprising to me is, Chris Rodriguez ain't had no carries. I don't even think he had a snap offensively in the last two or three games. I don't know if he did something. Yeah. But, but he went from just not as good as the other dudes. But, but you gotta <laughs> think, you gotta think how they handling this though, bro. Like 
Alex Arma was the dude that they've been using the last couple of weeks. But then also, like, um, I think about Cole Turner, bro. Like, AJ, you texted us one way how you felt about it. And, and like, I didn't know what happened in the moment, like, when he was sat down against Seattle. But it may just be the fact that they need they need certain numbers in a, in a certain place. Um, because anytime Alex Armour is in, that is the uh I thought that like the last two times it was the Cole Turner, it was a Cole Turner thing. Like he was the he was a he was the last man out or first man out type deal. Um, but I say that I say that to say, and the reason why I brought it up is because of Chris Rodriguez, like maybe it's just a, a personnel thing and, and they got some ideas on on who to play before. I mean, he should and, still get he should still get one to two carries though. Like, I don't know. Like we we not in that locker room. I have no clue what's going on. Uh, the Cole Turner thing really doesn't surprise me much. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I just think out. I just think uh, you know I would oh, at least Chris Rodriguez minimum two carries. So is it safe to say? Yeah, went almost ten carries three weeks ago. But no, AJ, I was gonna say, is it safe to say that Eric Bieniemy doesn't like Chris Rodriguez? Because you said you didn't think he liked uh, and like any Robinson. other running backs. <laughs> but he, they said Rodriguez was his guy. Like this was the guy he was kind of standing on the table for when they were drafting. I, I think they wrong because if that's <laughs> if that's his guy, then his guy ain't getting no burn. Like at the end of the day, like you gotta either either there's a disconnect where he's not doing the proper things, but then. You know, practice during the week, personality-wise. Maybe he's showing up late to meetings. I have no clue because I can't understand how, like, three weeks ago, who they played three weeks ago. It was the Giants, right? The Eagles, it was the uh, Eagles. Eagles. Yeah. Eagles. But he got Let me double. I'm about to double check. Giants, too, right? I'm about to double check. Hold on. Yeah. So, it's like, you, I really don't know the nuances of what's happening there, but. Nah, he had last night was against the Giants. That was it. And yeah, and didn't we just put a claim in for Michael Carter, the running back? I they heard did. did. Yeah, they put a claim in for him. I, they didn't get him, obviously, but yeah, they did put a claim in for him. Uh, I wasn't. I wasn't aware who ended up getting him. I don't know. I didn't see it. Um, I've been out of the loop. Yeah, let me. Uh, I could tell you in two seconds. But Michael um, Carter is supposed to be like a home run threat, so I don't know if that's. I mean, well, obviously, oh, I that's we have that. So yeah, that's what I was going to say. Yeah, yeah. That's, that's what I was going to say. So like, I think. When it comes to B Robin, we're gonna go ahead and get into um we're gonna go ahead and get into I'm scrolling down to try and figure out where was the tweet at. Uh I'll worry about it later. Um so with the running back thing, bro, like I I don't know how because cause AJ has said I I and I may be off base exact. Oh, Cardinals. All right, thank you, PC. Um he was at the Cardinals. Uh so AJ has said several times, like, he just thinks that B-Rob isn't, like, he ain't it type shit, right? And I'm, I'm like, in this space where, like, I, I understand halfway because I feel like AJ was talking about a perspective of having a complete running back. Um, and that would include the ability to, to, to play make or, or create plays, but also, like, have that home run speed to, to finish what he created type shit, like being able to strike at a given moment. Um, and that's that, I mean, that is what it is right within itself. And I, into that angle, if, if that is what you're, if that's what you're saying, AJ, like I've always, I've always known that they needed another running back. Like, I think that 
Brian Robinson is a really good change of pace back in the sense of um, he can come in as, as that, that, that spell back in any moment and, and break off something for, uh, I mean, if the, if, if, if the line's blocked up, right, he could break off something for uh, close to 30, 30, 40 something on a given play. But at the same time, like he's your power back. Like that's, that's what I think that that change of pace is for him. Um, I also think that he can score from, from, uh, the plus side, like anytime 49 and up, like he has that capability, but the only flaw here in Washington is that since he's been here that the offensive line sucks. So he's, he's literally every single yard that he gets is, is what he's earning. <laughs> like he literally earned it. Um, but to that point, and the reason why I bring it up, um, I do think Washington needs that change of base. They need a more complete back, but I also think that you can win with Brian Robinson as your spell. Uh, you could probably even win with him as your starter. Um, but you know, he's, he's like, I, I see things where I'm, where I'm watching this tape and I'm like, all right. Um, in theory, like some, some really good backs with really good vision can trust themselves to create this play. Um, but he takes what the offense gives him and he's okay with that in a sense. Yeah. I mean, and that's why I always appreciated him. I mean, I know there's a, a, a saying that goes out there about Brian Robinson that if you need two yards, he's going to get you two yards, but if you need, uh what two yards or oh, well, three yards he's still gonna get you two yards i mean that's kind of the saying about brian robinson but i don't think that's true i mean brian robinson oh hell i'm about to say hell no yeah i was about to say i mean you that's know, um, who's that dude who always who was that peyton dude barber. Always talking? Peyton, peyton barber, barber bro. <laughs> that was the one I, but people were trying to I, say I, that I about like, brian bro, robinson unbelievable. yeah but i i never bought into that because he brian robinson if you ever watch him he gets the tough yards man He'll he'll get something that looks like it's supposed to be two yards, and he's a, he's still legs moving five six yards down, you know, seven yards sometimes. I mean, he he creates those things as Maul said. The offensive line hasn't been good since he's been here, but he usually makes his own plays. And I know the knock on him for a lot of people is that he's not a home run threat. Yeah, I mean, sure, but I do think if you get him more in space, often he's hard to bring down. And AJ even mentioned this on the you know. You, Guys don't want to tackle a guy at Brian Robinson's size. And, you know, when he when he's going downhill, you don't want to tackle that guy. I mean, look at the pass that he caught, you know, for Sam Howell when he goes for the touchdown. He's streaking down the sideline. Nobody, No one wants to tackle that dude. Now, he may not be a home run threat, but you get him in space, he can take it all the way sometimes, but he doesn't get in space often. And that's because he doesn't get those kind of holes and just the stuff that he had at Alabama and things of that nature. But, again, Michael Carter is a guy that probably can be a home run threat on a more consistent basis, which is why they probably went after him because they don't have that guy on the roster right now. I mean, we've been talking about J.D. McKissick. You know, we've been missing that kind of production since he's been gone, and no one has kind of really filled that role. Although I got to say, Antonio Gibson the last couple of weeks has been putting on some good performances. But, I mean, I don't know if it's the type of performance you would see out of a J.D. McKissick or that's why they're looking for a Michael Carter or whatever. But, I mean, you still have something there, and the guys are starting to perform now. But I do see that they want that change of pace back, though. So so it's interesting with the running back situation, man. It's like even though B-Rob is that big, he can't pass protect at all. Like, his pass protection. Oh, bro. Oh, what's up, bro? What's up, bro? What's up, bro? Like, if you compare him to Antonio Gibson, Antonio Gibson is the better pass protector out, out of that room. <laughs> like, it's just so frustrating. Like, it's so frustrating. Bro, we, what's up, bro? What we doing right now, bro? What's up, bro? B-Rob's a better pass protector than, than Gibson? 
I'm saying, put it this way. All I'm all, all I would say, all I would say, bro, is <laughs> then we if, got a comment if, in if, here. Brian Robertson reminds me of Aaron Foster. How? <laughs> How? 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 Well, 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 Dre, I know you know who that's from, bro. You know, that's 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 Buddy, whatever his name is. Uh, magic, that's magic. Um, oh, what was I gonna say? Uh, oh, if you think Antonio Gibson is better than B Rob, I think that I think no, no, that's not. I said pass protection. No, 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 that's what I'm talking about. I'm I'm, I'm talking about pass protection. If you think that if you think that Antonio Gibson is better than B Rob. Then our pass protection from the running backs just suck, because because I don't think, I think that, that's what it is. <laughs> I don't, I don't know, bro. Like the last couple of weeks has been better. Like I know that Giants game was terrible. Like nobody and, could and get who right. Who they play? Who they play Sunday? The Giants. But 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 we're gonna see. Like that's it's been it's been completely different over the past uh, three weeks. So like that's that's where we we kind of. Have to transition into to, to how they're going to be able to respond this weekend, and I guess for the sake of us having this conversation, as we're previewing the goddamn Giants game. Um, let's kind of go ahead and, and and talk about this, right? Um, I, I know we've been on offense for a long time, um, so I want to pause on offense, and we'll come back to it after we talk about the Commanders' defense, um, bruh. What would it mean if Washington gave up any um, allowed anything more than than fourteen points against against this Giants offense, bro? Like, what does that look like? Because in my head, that's that's my that's my that's my part. Like, Jack Del Real is a front runner. Like, he's gonna send the house on Tommy DeVito or whatever his name is. Like, he ain't gonna fuck around with this dude, bro. <laughs> you think and, so? And he gonna? I think he. I think he. I, bro, think about what he did to to um Atlanta dude. Um, Devin, Devin Ritter. Ritter, Ritter, yeah, hey, Desmond Ritter, bro. Like he, he ain't gonna fuck around with these young guys, bro. He gonna send that house, and he gonna be like, hey, bro. I, he gonna flex his little seventy year old muscles, bro. And be like, yeah, we did that <laughs> shit. And I don't know, bro. I, I just like if you give up more than fourteen against this Giants team, bro. Like I feel like now as 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 bad as this offense, I mean, excuse me, as bad as defense, I think it is. Um, in terms of expectations, comparing it to his expectations. Yeah, but you ain't giving up more than fourteen against these boys. You better not. I think he can get fired if the, if if they lay a dud <laughs> against the Giants. I think that's a fireable offense. Twenty eight points. <laughs> now I don't think that's going to happen. But if it does happen, I mean, I, you can start talking about the fire. But I actually agree with Mo. I actually believe it because Jack Del Rio without the edges chasing Montez. I think he's just going to be much more aggressive. And that was one of the issues I had with him with Chase DeMontez and all of the, you know, the DL was here, is that he relied too much on pressure from the front four. I just think he thought that those guys were going to just automatically win their matchups. And a lot of times they weren't on a consistent basis, which is why we were having issues we were having. And But now that those guys aren't there, Jack's going to dial up more pressure now. Now he's going to be like, oh, no, no, I can go out there and do this. I'm going to do that. You know, and I'm not going to just rely on the front four. So Maul might be right. I do think he's going to bring that pressure in on Tommy DeVito, Danny DeVito's son. Is that Danny DeVito's son? I could be wrong. <laughs> but it's oh, not no, many man. DeVitos out there. Great. <laughs> if you believe, I want to see someone get fired. I know it sounds great. <laughs> right. I just, just want to see it. Like, I want to experience it. So if you believe what? that 14, 14 is the number, 
let's go for 20 or more because I want to see Jack Del Rio fired. All right. Well, let's ask this question then. Um, well, I don't think this this ain't gonna change your opinion, but I, I'm gonna ask this. Say Washington wins 41 to 20. What about it? That's different. Uh, no, nah. is are we talking about are we talking about moving on from from Del Rio then? No, I don't think so. I think I mean, it I, has I, to I, be. A I don't believe. I don't no. believe it's gonna happen anyways. But I mean, I would love for it to happen. No, I think they have to get embarrassed. I think it has to be on the brink of a loss, and Please the defense is pretty much the reason you know Please why they are on the brink. They have they even have to be on the brink of a loss, or they actually have to lose the game. So like a, I think so it's like a high a, possibility. So like a 27-24 type game. Now, I'm not talking about who wins or loses, but like something where the Giants score more than 21 points, and it's a yeah. close game. And it's, and they're not scoring points from their defense. They're scoring points from their offense. From the offense. You know, yeah. And, and like I said, the offense is doing their job. It has to be a situation where the offense is doing their job, and they could either lose the game or they could uh, barely win the game. It has to be that kind of embarrassment because that's where the Giants are at right now. Like people are looking mm-hmm. at the Giants as that's a lot. That's a team you go out there and dominate. You know, so if you go out there, and we, we've already had one embarrassing game against the Giants, and that was in New York, but now you're here. So you can't do that again. The defense cannot have an embarrassing game that leads to an almost loss or an L. I think he can get fired if they do. Please you know what? You, you know what's <laughs> funny, bro? Like, what's, what's – what, what? let me stick to the game. Let me stick to the game. Um, All right, so defensively, since we're still on this side, bro, um – we kind of know here, – here's my thing with, with Casey Tuhill and James Smith-Williams, right, um, and, and everybody else in that defensive line that's not named Deron Payne and John Allen and the rookies. Uh, I mean, I guess that kind of just technically leaves F.A.L. bottom. So, whatever. Anyway, point being, um, I think this is their money-making game. Like, I think when you think about keys to the game and you're talking about Three free agents. It was five at one point before they traded the the, the two, uh, Sweat and Young. Um, this is a this is a game where you look at this defensive line, and, and you're saying there's no way that you spend a block against the Giants after losing. You only gave up 14 points, commendable, but you gave up 14 points to a bad offense back then. Now they have Tommy DeVito, but this defensive line, you're you have this opportunity to spend a block against this opponent, and it starts with John and Duran, but then also like Casey, James, and FA are in this position where like if you want to like a uh, stat pad, bro, like this is the week. And and um I don't know exactly how much they'll be able to get accomplished against this defensive line. I'm assuming this offensive line. Um, but at the same time. Like there's no reason why we finish this game, and we're not talking about a, def- uh, a defensive line who, who pressured the quarterback all day, like actual pressures, and not necessarily the Sam Howell ones where you're talking about he's holding the ball too long because he's unsure or something like that, right? Um, so we're talking about a team who actually pressured the quarterback all day, but also was able to win in multiple multiple situations where they're getting back to the quarterback. Um, I'll close out with the defensive line just saying, like, bro, like. It's 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 one of those games where this should be relatively um like right so many people it's so many people hurt. Um I'm I'm looking at Andrew Thomas, who I think just got on the injury report uh 
like within like the past couple of weeks. I know he's been on for like a longer period earlier in the season. Um, but but in terms of recently, he's he's on injury report. And then the same thing with Evan Neal. Um, Evan Neal didn't even practice on Wednesday, uh, so I don't know the status of today. But but I just think that this defensive line is in a situation where we're talking about uh, a relatively easy, or excuse me, I shouldn't say easy, but relatively a solid performance, strong performance, and, and that's where the 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 production starts for the defense in Washington um, against the Giants and even with well, the fourth coming back. I, I think that uh, the defense could really help out the Giants' offense a lot um, because exactly what Wink Martindale was doing when it was Nick Gates and it was uh, Sadiq Charles at the center and the left guard position is still going to take place against – Larson and Chris Paul, and they, they've been showing on film that they struggle with these stunts. <laughs> they, they struggle with these loop stunts. Like, it's still going to happen. Yeah, they lost, um, they lost Leonard Williams because of the trade, but Dexter Lawrence is still there. He's still expected to play. And I heard Eric Bieniemy today in his presser. He was uh, like, hold on. Are we talking about, I, you know, I, we're still on the defensive side, bro. I, I just realized that I bet, man. Cause I know you talking about. I know you talking about the offense. Um, I'm over here. Well, no, I'm I, wasn't, over here. I wasn't. I was. I was saying that what I was saying was the New York Giants offense is going to actually help the New York Giants uh, offense overall. Their defense, okay. like the Giants defense, is going to help that offense be in better position to attack Washington's defense. Due to the, I think that they're going to flip the field in some regard, whether that be. Sack, fumble, interception. I just think with Washington defense, there's not really much that you can look forward to. I think all you can do is is hope that you can get Emmanuel Forbes to play with some confidence and and get some interceptions and get his ha- his hand on the ball. Pause. That's that's really all you can look forward to when it comes to defense. Just like how some people have given up on the season, looking at the quarterback. I feel like when it comes to the defense, you just got to hope that that first round pick and that second round pick make some plays because what I, else do you really have to look forward to? So I think there's a couple of things. You asked that on on Tuesday as well, and Dre, you got the floor after this because I, I, I'll be quick. Um, bro, like, Quan is still out there. Big, uh, another thing that, that we aren't talking about too much right now because, like, he's quiet, but he's also, like, literally haven't played all but one game heading into this season of uh, big Phil Mathis. He's back after the last couple of weeks. Um, this is your youth. Uh, KJ, KJ. Damn, excuse me. KJ Henry, um, uh, uh, Andre Jones, like these younger guys, that's, that's your youth that you're going to have on this team for at least two years. Not necessarily the full, cause they may get cut sometime soon. Right. Who knows what this new regime is going to do. But my, my, my point being, I don't think you're necessarily wrong from the overall perspective. Like even Kendall Fuller is a free agent coming up. Um, Danny Johnson has been, been around for got what feels like a goddamn decade. Um, but he's been around long enough to know what you have in him. But, but overall, like some younger guys on this team is, is in a situation where uh, you can kind of see, get an early glimpse into what their situation is going to look like when the next team takes over. Yeah, and actually, you know, I'm glad you all mentioned kind of the young guys because I'm looking at the defense online. I think we mentioned that 
well, at least I think Two Hill and James Williams, James Smith Williams, neither one of them are under contract. I mean, obviously it wouldn't yeah. be hard to probably bring those guys back, but this is the time for KJ Henry and Andre Jones to make a name for themselves as edge rushers on this team. Because right now, that's really the spot on the defense where you're looking to see. Hey, is there a guy there? I mean, you know, we've been hearing the things, the preseason reports about Jones and K- KJ Henry, especially Jones. Like Jones stood out in the uh, preseason training camp. So can he now, with the extended playing time, start to make a name for himself? Was it Jones? I could be wrong. Was it him that got the really bad rough in the passer call one game where he had a sack? What was that? KJ. 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 Okay, so it was KJ Henry. So, but outside of that, there's been no sacks, I think, since Chase and Montez has been gone. I don't think no one on that defensive line one. has been one John, sack, okay. John, John Allen, got a John sack. Allen. Yeah, that's yeah. right. And he he, he got a zero a zero yard sack. Yes, <laughs> and it, that was pretty much just a loss of down. <laughs> it yeah. wasn't a real sack. But anyway, right. it's it, it's time for some of those guys to start making names for themselves. Um, you know, not even just the sacks, maybe get the pressure rates up. Jamin Davis in the middle. I mean, Jamin Davis, I think he's been having probably his best season, but that's not saying much because the bar has been kind of low for him as far as his career has gone so far. But he's having his best season so far. But you want to see him kind of show and elevate to the point where you're like, all right, this is a guy, this is one of the core pieces on defense going forward because he has to establish himself as that because right now he is not a core person on the defense because if you're thinking that Ron and him is gone, no one has an attachment to Jamin Davis after this year. So now you have to have him, you know, establish himself as that guy. Cam Curl, what are you doing with Cam Curl? Cam Curl, I don't know if you're paying him. I don't know if he's even had a season worthy of paying him. I mean, Cam Curl is solid. Yes, he's solid. But my issue with Cam Curl, he doesn't make plays. He doesn't make plays, you know. (laughs) I was trying trying to do, like, a hand emotion, like, getting the boot, like (laughs) – (laughs) <laughs> I figured that was going to get a reaction out of AJ because AJ's been on point with Cam Curl since before the season. I mean, AJ's been really consistent with it. And I'm kind of almost with AJ on that because, again, Cam Curl's solid. I like Cam Curl. But Cam Curl, in my opinion, he just doesn't make plays. And I want a playmaker at one of those safety spots. I don't I don't know if you have a playmaker at all at the safety spot, you know. <laughs> I, I think – to add, I don't think you I don't think you're wrong, bro. Cam Crow is not a playmaker. Um, I want to ask this question and and uh you all can continue. Matter of fact, y'all got the floor. Um I don't I don't think that let me just reiterate, y'all aren't wrong about Cam, he's not a playmaker, but at the same time, does that is how problematic is that for a defense if, like, he's just doing his job? Like, you'll see him sometimes take a take a receiver or tight end out of the play with this coverage. Um, or you'll see him make a play at the line of scrimmage or in the box generally. Um, I know, and I want to acknowledge this part, sometimes when he does get targeted, the worst part is, uh, he don't even make a play on the ball. Like he's there, and and sometimes he doesn't make a play on the ball. Um, sometimes they go right through his hands. And and, and, and as we know in the Buffalo game, um, so so I swing this back to you all. Uh, and and the reason why I ask this is like, are we taking for granted a person who's literally doing their job, um, or are we more afraid of the idea of overpaying somebody who is just like a 
and I don't mean to be this in a disrespectful way, but more so in a flashback, a Reed Dowdy, somebody who was always in position. And I don't and know. Even, I say Reed Dowdy, and then say that's disrespectful. I look. I ain't going that far, bro. I ain't going that far, bro. The reason why the reason why I bring up, but, but the reason the reason the reason why I bring up Reed is because Reed would Reed. Reed wasn't a problem in the run game. He made plays at the line of scrimmage. And but the, the issue was he was always there in coverage, but he never made a play on the football. So that's 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 my recollection of Reed. I'm not talking about no. from anything else no. except for like the, the, the high level stuff. My I know. recollection of Reed is him giving up about four touchdowns to Terrell Owens in one game. I just remember Terrell Owens killed us one game because he he could never right. get over there. That was 07. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? He can't. Yeah. All right. You know, you know what? You know what? Scratch that from the record. Then <laughs> fuck it. Scratch it from the record then. I ain't never Wait, said that. Look. I'm a, st- I'm sticking to my original question, man. What y'all think about a person who who's there in position to make plays, but he don't necessarily he don't turn the ball over. He don't rush it. He don't flip the field for your for your team. Leave it. I'll be leave it there. Dude. I'll be really. How about quick. that? I'll be I'll be really quick with this one, all. So for the money that Cam Curl's commanding, he's he's commanding. I believe probably top eight safety money. You know, you're probably gonna pay him fourteen to sixteen million if you want to keep him back somewhere in that range to do his job. But you know who else does their job that we're not gonna pay that much? James Smith Williams or Casey Tuhill. They do their job. But we aren't going to pay those guys, you know, kind of top of the market money to keep doing their job. You know, I'm not saying that Cam Curl is like that much of a jag or whatever the case may be. But it's to the point where you want to see him be more than what he is now to kind of justify paying him. So I guess that kind of go back to your question. I'm more on the side of I fear overpaying Cam Curl more than anything. Okay. You know, like I, I like Cam Curl. I think Cam Curl's a solid player. Again, I don't think Cam Curl's a bad player. And that's why I kind of thought it was an offensive uh, offensive to kind of mention Reed Dowdy with his name. Because I wouldn't put Cam Curl kind of in that Reed Dowdy tier, you know, or even in the sense that that's the type of player he is. But I'm scared of over, overpaying Cam Curl. Yeah, I think, I think really what it comes down to Cam Curl, you know, the value of someone doing their job is cool. But it's also how do you value yourself in, on the marketplace? If you feel like you're a 14, 15 million dollar a year safety, then I'm cool. I'd rather get somebody that don't do their job and pay them way less. Uh, I, I feel like what Cam Curl brings to the table, you can get you can get out of somebody in the draft. and Or even if you don't get it immediately, you can take that risk. You know, we're talking about a, a seven round pick here um, that honestly – him staying with the team really depends on how he evaluates himself going into the into the offseason. Uh, he will quickly learn that what he wants is not realistic. Um, and if that's the case, well, what do we think? We what do we think we what, what what do we think he wants? Excuse me. I mean, I think that he wants at least fourteen million a year minimum. Um. I think he's in the same situation as like a CJ Gardner Johnson last year. You seen him think that he was going to command all this money at the safety position and that market dried up real quick. And he wasn't one of the guys that got paid, which was very, it was slim to none. But when you talk about safeties that could be possibly out there, uh, yeah, maybe they don't have the same exact role, but let's take like a Darnell Savage, even a, um, 
a Kevin Bayard who got um, I'm not saying his last name right, but they got traded from the Titans to, yeah, to Eagles. Really. You got Buda Baker that's going to be available. Wouldn't you rather pay a, a, a leader and someone that's shown they've done it at an elite level that brings more to the table, $14 million, and a Buda Baker versus a, a Cam Curl? Like, it's just the market is going to dictate what he gets paid, and that market could be $6 million, like what C.J. Gardner got for one year. It's just it's just really going to boil down to Cam Curl and his representation. But I feel like when you see the things that have been put out there, uh, you hear the rumors, then you also kind of got Pops in the mix putting out his his little thing. You still had, talking? Huh? I don't I don't follow him. I was saying, is he still? Oh, is I, don't, he still I don't follow him either. I don't know if he's still talking or not, but when he's put that uh-huh. out there, you kind of already know that they've had internal conversations and also has got the, the family prepared uh, for what they expect. Because a lot of agents, I don't know who his agent is, but a lot of agents sell dreams, man. Like, they could be telling him they could, you know, <laughs> get $15 million in the open market. We really just don't know. But I think the downfall for him is uh, Buda Baker is a free agent next year, contract void, uh, by the way, whoever uh, uh, PCP is. But yeah, PCC. <laughs> but yeah, at the end of the day, I think he's in a he's in a situation where the market is telling you what he's valued, and you know maybe someone else will pay him. But I think it hurts him that a new GM is coming in place and he doesn't have a contract already. He should have probably he probably should have tried harder for that contract before the season started. Um. Okay, so let's go ahead and 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 close this out with like our our thoughts on the offense. Um, quick expectations. Um, honestly, bruh, like I've 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 always said. Well, I don't know. Maybe correct me if I'm wrong. Um, matter of fact, I didn't even want. I just fuck it. The Giants is is a tough team for Washington to beat. Uh, over the last few years. Uh, and that's that's an understatement. Like they really are like the their Achilles heels in the division. Like Washington beat the Philadelphia Eagles, they beat the Dallas Cowboys, but for whatever fucking reason, they cannot beat the New York Giants. Um, and that's under Daniel Jones. But I think uh this team, uh again, like I said, should there should be no reason why uh undrafted free agent. Now I'm, I'm I am setting expectations and this may be unfair given that we've seen 10 weeks of the defense and we know what they're capable of. Um but this is a a team where you're not giving up as many points. Um you're you're not allowing as many yards, right? But offensively, you're talking about a team where uh I look at Sam Howe and I hear how he's explaining um his process against the Philadelphia Eagles compared to uh, the idea of of going up against the Giants again, and, and understanding that he he's aware that teams play uh, play him differently, um, and and given that he's played the the Eagles twice, you know they have they stick to what they believe in, right? Uh, philosophically, but you're talking about uh, this offense where uh, like that second half against the Giants was much better than the first, right? Um, and, and while you only score seven points on this on the game. Um, you're talking about a situation or a game where you left a lot on the table. And and when I say you, I mean uh 
not just from a schematic standpoint, play calling standpoint in the first half, but the opportunity that Sam Howe had. Um, and, and I think it was just an overall bad game. Like he was inaccurate in some things, right? So he was getting pressure a lot, but there were some moments where he had time to make throws. And that's what I'm referring to, right? Um, and, and I think the, the patience um, that we've seen since that Giants game, the the ability to stay, keep his eyes downfield um, over the or, or since the Giants game, you're talking about a quarterback who's going to see, see probably the same thing from Wink, bro. Right? He's he's shown you the same thing over the three games that he's been here under Dayball. Um, and, and now it's about what can Sam do, and, and, and what can this this newly revamped offensive line, uh, quote unquote, uh, revamp because you know I'm talking about a center and a and a and a left guard change. Um, this is an office where I don't see a way where um, with all this preparation and, and lessons learned that you don't go out there and you're not able to score uh, at least three touchdowns against this Giants team. Yeah, I mean, uh, for me, again, I've already said it. <laughs> like, if you go out there and you kind of embarrass yourself against this Giants team, something there's probably firings happen happening or whatever. I mean, I think this is a game. I mean, again, Maul, as you said, I mean, we we struggle against the Giants for whatever reason. It doesn't matter how the Giants are. I mean, you can go back to the Kirk years when we were just one game away from the playoffs and we're losing to a Giants team that has nothing to play for on the last game of the season. I mean, they, they typically do this to us. But I just feel like this is a time where Washington has to kind of shake that. I mean, they're not playing against Daniel Jones, Eli Manor, or anybody else the Giants have tried it out at quarterback I mean they're playing against Tommy DeVito I mean this is a team that just went out I mean they've lost a combined two games to the Cowboys this year 89 to 10 you know uh <laughs> 89 to 10 in two games yeah. this year to the Cowboys so I mean and then they go out and they beat us 14 to 7 in the game but obviously Ty- Tyrod Taylor was starting in that game Tyrod Taylor, I mean, he doesn't play often. I mean, he gets hurt a lot. But when he does play, he's a capable quarterback in this NFL league. I mean, we've already seen that. But Tommy DeVito hasn't shown you anything that Tyrod Taylor has shown you in his career to say that this is a guy that can come out here and beat you. So that's why that's why I mainly said that if you lose to this Giants game, firings are on the table. I know that we've kind of been saying that we're waiting to the end of the season to make changes happen. But this is a game where I feel like, it's embarrassing if you lose. You cannot lose this game. Like you have to go out and win, especially with the good momentum that you built up over these last couple of weeks. I mean, you beat the Patriots. I mean, the offense played good against Seattle. You actually think that you have a quarterback now that can be a franchise quarterback. I mean, this is not just the fan base saying this. A lot of people, I mean, obviously they're saying people in the Washington building. I don't know what that means. I don't know if that just means Ron and his crew or if that means Josh Harris and his ownership group. But there's conversations going on that they may have found a franchise guy in Sam Howell. So that's a lot of momentum going for the franchise right now to come out and lose to what right now, and I'm, I'm not even being like, I'm not exaggerating or, you know, being over the top. I think the Giants yeah. are right now the worst team in the NFL. And that's just my opinion. Yeah. I think they're yeah. the worst. Team I, in the I don't. NFL. They up. Yes. They up there, bro. <laughs> yes. They don't even. Yeah. Have, they don't have a fucking. They don't have a quarterback. 
they yeah, don't. Nothing. They don't. They don't have an yeah. offensive line. Like, they and, nothing, and they bro. they've even sold at the deadline. You're not facing a Giants defense with Leonard Williams out there this week. You know, I mean, so they're not even a team right now that believes they're oh, damn, probably Carolina, in a hunt babe. for doing anything. Yes, <laughs> I mean Carolina's bad, but I think the Giants are worse. I mean, because Bryce Young, yes, I'm taking Bryce Young over Devito all day long. That's why I say if you lose this game, there's something that has to happen. You just can't lose this game and just keep going on with the season as it is. So with that said, I mean, this is a game you have to just get over that slump with the Giants. You have to just go out there. You have to grab this game. And this is a game where Sam Howe can, you know, solidify himself in a sense. I mean, even though a lot of people may not take it serious, but this will be four good games in a row for Sam Howe. You know, and that's something. I mean, whether regardless of the yes. opponent, to just put together those string of games, I mean, that's something that people can hang on to. That's something you can latch on to. This is something, as we've mentioned, the defense, those K.J. Henrys, the Andre Jones, they can make a name for themselves in this game. So, you know, this is this is what I'm looking for in this game. I'm looking for them to kind of go out there and grab this game by the storm. But to the Sam Howell point, bro, like it's it's not the defense of the Giants that's really real, and it's the offense, bro. And that's where I think, um, I mean, sure they traded uh Leonard Williams, right? Um, and that's a big piece. Like it's it's like Leonard Williams and Dexter Lawrence was a dog ass duo. Um, and, and I think for for Washington, I, I I still think like the pressure schemes and and what Wink dials up and how coordinated that defensive it. Their defense is not saying that they're a good defense, but they're still coordinated. Like that can be a, a personnel thing, right? Um, that's what's really going to get Washington in terms of like the test. Uh, if they can, if they can get that shit together, uh, we're talking about um, and, and they look good on Sunday. If they can get it together and they look good on Sunday. To your point, four good games in a row. Like it's it's a it's a sample size of now he's in a, a moment where he's faced a previous in a a previous opponent and he's looked really good so like you're you're adding different variables into his performances and you're seeing exactly what he can do for your team especially when he has a bad moment how he responds and he's been able to respond throughout the entire season after bad games um the 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 question was always about consistency um and, and three games in a row is good uh but you need to keep seeing more and more growth for for sam how and and i'm like we always said, Dre, um, I'm encouraged and or excited to really see like where he takes it. Um, we don't know what the ceiling is just yet. Uh, but but yeah, that's kind of where we are. Um, all right, let's end it with predictions, man. Predictions and MVP. Uh, I'll start, I'll start, I'll start first, Dre. Uh I'm gonna go with Washington. Um, I, I don't see a way in which they lose. So if they do lose, color me. I, Honestly, I don't care who – he is too good of a coach, Ron Rivera, to lose to this type of team. And and him – and when I say he's too good of a coach, don't I don't think he's a good coach, but you get what I'm saying. It's impossible for him to lose some shit like this. So if he loses, color, color me surprised. <laughs> so um, I'm going to go Washington wins, man, and I'm going to say Washington wins about 31 to 14 on the dot. I'm going to – Oh, sorry, go. MVP. I'm sorry, MVP. Uh, I'm, I'm gonna go. Um, just I want to show my boy some love, man. I'm gonna, I'm gonna go Jahan Dawson, bro. Okay, hey, I like that. You know, I'm a Jahan Dawson guy, so I, I love that pick. But I'm going Washington 27 10 this week. I think we kind of win by double digits. Um, good, good big win. And my MVP, I mean, he may not be considered an MVP because of this, but I think Emmanuel Forbes 
has an interception, and he has a big day this week. Bounce back game for him, I mean, after the ejection. And I think you'll hear his name. Like I said, it may not be no one else's MVP, but if he has an interception in a good game, he's going to be my MVP. And I got 27-10 Washington. AJ, you hear big dog? Yeah, can you hear me? Can you hear me? Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, I mean, I think uh damn, what do I think? <laughs> I think that oh, well, you know what's about to happen, bro. Skins finna win. Just pick your skull and pick your MVP, brother. No, I actually think that Washington will lose by three points. Um <laughs> I, definitely, I definitely believe that. There will be some turnovers that impact this game. Uh, I don't know. Exactly Dre, Dre, you hear this, man, bro? AJ, like, funny as shit. <laughs> I, I anticipate them losing. Like that's just that's my call. No, uh, it's my fault, Mo. Because since I said Jack Del Rio could be fired if they get embarrassed, AJ has tunnel vision now. He has tunnel vision. <laughs> I mean, hey, I want to see on, somebody. But my honest, on, my honest opinion is I think divisional games are always going to be close. No matter what the Giants got going on with their injuries, their quarterback situation, there's too much information out on each other in general. And I think that Washington isn't creating enough turnovers to the point to where I feel comfortable like, oh, they're going against Danny DeVito's long lost son that I think that they're going to get a whole bunch of turnovers. I just believe that it's going to be a close – it's going to be a close game. Um, and ultimately, it will come down to the fact that um, someone is going to have more turnovers than the other, and that's who, who's going to win the game as far as who creates the most. And that's just my prediction. I think if I have to pick an MVP, I still think that uh, – I think that Terry McLaurin will have a, a big day against whoever he's uh, going to be the uh, – Whoever's going to be defending him, I don't know who's playing corner because I'm, if I'm not mistaken, I think Dion, uh, Deontay Banks is hurt, and also uh, Dory Jackson. They both have concussions. All right. Um, All right. Sorry to disappoint you. No, 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 no. You didn't disappoint me. I don't know if you disappointed. I'm sure. I'm sure you you're gonna have some comments sent your way. So check the check the check the comment section in about a day or two, um, to see how many you accumulated about uh your response in this moment. <laughs> but um, I, I I I I don't. Ron is in this space, bro, where it's like, bro, you 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 surely cannot lose with these boys, bro, like. In theory, you can lose, but like you can't, you can't afford to lose to these boys. And your boy Jack can't afford to give up more points than than what your offense scored, no matter what it is. If 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 the offense couldn't score seven, uh, and, and they scored six, you you can't allow that Giants to score more than six. Like ah, this is kind of how it is. Um, but I don't know, man. It's 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 gonna be a weird game. Uh, from a standpoint of like you don't really trust. Your, your gut when it comes to the Giants, but at the same time, bro, it's just hard. It's hard to sit here and imagine that this team can't handle business against the New York Giants. I know Hawk in the chat mentioned earlier in the show that this team always plays down in this competition um, to an extent, sure. Um, but, you know, we got to remember, some, they handled business last year against some teams. 
Um, the Texans was the first one that comes to mind. We knew that they sucked. And they had that that long neck quarterback. I uh, forgot his name. Davis Mills. Uh, yeah, Davis Mills, bro. Who can who can see? He can be five foot tall, and he can still see over his offensive line with that neck, bro. Um, yeah, man. So. <laughs> So uh, that was one game where you look at it and you're saying, like, these boys, uh, they can really take over a game. But to that point, um, your overall thought, uh, sure, they, they do play down to the competition and play up to, to like, the, the likes of the Eagles. Still finds a way to lose. I don't know. Anyway, um, here we go. Me and Dre got Washington winning rather comfortably. AJ has Washington losing um, in a close, tight game. So. Uh, we're going to spend the block on Sunday, man, after the game, and we're going to go ahead and chop it up with you all. Uh, 4.30-ish, I think. I think the game, yeah, the game started one. Yeah, we're going to be over here at 4.30, man, on Strap Dive YouTube channel. So appreciate everybody who tapped in live. Uh, again, if you haven't done so, like, subscribe, rate, review if you're on the audio side. Dre, AJ, y'all be safe, man. Prayers to your internet, Dre. Um, hope you don't lose it, man. Placing your, your bets on that, <laughs> that, new, uh, that new app. Um, I don't know. ESPN, baby. ESPN. ESPN. Yes. That's so weird. I ain't gonna lie to you, but I'm not complaining. Like, <laughs> ESPN, like here in ESPN has a sports book now, but it's crazy. Did you did you get the free bet small? Did you get your free money? So I forgot to do it earlier when you told me. No, I'm sorry. I I was gonna do it, and I I got sidetracked with work, so I actually need okay. to do it still. Um, hey, but I go thought two hundred dollars, man. <laughs> okay. All right, so I'm gonna go ahead and handle that then. Yeah, um, yeah do that. You got. Wait, you know, you got to place a bet, right? That's that's what I was thinking. Somebody told yeah, me you got to place a $5 bet. Just go put a $5 okay. bet in. Hey, you get your $200, <laughs> man. Say no more, man. We logged in, baby. Four $450 bets. That's what they give you. Four $50 bets. Four $50 bets. All right, bet. So I got four, I got four parlays to hit the motherfucking yes, gusto. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. <laughs> All right, man. Hey, I'm logged in then, bro. All right, we out of here. We'll be back Sunday evening uh, recapping the Giants and Commanders game. Enjoy y'all weekend, man. Peace. Damn, set, huh? Watch him throw the ball. We gon' pick it off. You gon' let him hit the hole or you gon' cut it off. You gon' play through fourth and long or you gon' punt it off. Your defenders have you hit us, put your pads in. Don't be looking for the ref to throw no flags in. Keep the helmet on. Keep the cleats tight. You the type to want to win by any means, right? You should look alive. This is Trap and Dive. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.